everybody, Ted King here on the mic, your host as always here at King of the Ride Podcast. I'm back! I've mentioned it in past podcasts, I know a lot of you are following along in the James Bay Descent. That is the first known expedition, the first known ride of its kind linking Ontario to none of it territory in northern Canada. Ontario... Of course, many of you know because it's home to worldly cities like Ottawa. It is a beautiful province in Canada. But none of it is a much lesser known part of the world because, for one, it's so sparsely populated, and two, it's so gosh darn far north. So none of it is a massive territory in northern Canada, forming most of the Canadian Arctic archipelago. It is the largest of the Canadian provinces, in fact. It is the furthest north of the Canadian provinces, and it is quite literally the Arctic. Home to the Arctic fox, the Arctic hare, the Arctic wolf, and the polar bear. Now, I consider myself at least mildly geographically adept, but this portion of the world is something completely foreign to me. I encourage you to get a map throughout this quickfire podcast. Load up Google Maps. Go dig out a world atlas. Go literally to your library and find a globe handy because the places we're going to talk about today and where we just rode is absolutely fascinating. And so I'm back. We're back. We successfully completed the 600-kilometer, nearly two-week, self-supported expedition dubbed the James Bay Descent. We will dive into all those juicy details in today's pod. This is going to be the first of two parts of the James Bay Descent podcast here on King of the Ride. I will let the James Bay Descent team introduce themselves, introduce ourselves, I should say, early in this pod, rather than doing so right here, right now. But in summary, we are four current or former professional athletes. We are four friends with a common thread of the bicycle tied between us on this very uncommon journey. Now, I could have launched this episode beforehand, Before we set off on this great white epic trip north, as the pod was recorded well beforehand, before we set off north. However, as pointed out in this episode, the forthcoming conversation takes place in mid-January in the high peaks of the craggy Adirondacks in northeastern New York. But I didn't because, as you may have just caught, I just mentioned the polar bear. That's right, we rode right through polar bear country. In fact, our starting point, Attawapiskat, is just south of Ontario's Polar Bear Provincial Park. And while you shouldn't not swim in the ocean because you're scared of sharks, and you shouldn't not fly because you're afraid of a plane going down, similarly, you shouldn't not go to this part of the world because of polar bears. Regardless, it's still something that was continually on my mind. Similarly, The polar vortex, as you may recall, in our recent memory as Americans, that's the asinine name of the weather system that just made a frigid trek across North America. So our trip, it called for the preparation for temperatures as low as negative 40 degrees, and it just so happens that negative 40 is where Celsius and Fahrenheit overlap, so that handy fact makes it convenient regardless of which system you operate on It's just slightly less convenient for those of us who like to be warm. And spoiler alert, I'll report that the first two days of this trip were in fact well into the negative 40s. This trip was ridiculous. So as such, given these two facts, 
There was a sliver of me that didn't want to launch this podcast beforehand, just in case I didn't make it back. Sure, a very outside chance. Again, in reality, the odds are considerably higher that any one of us are going to get into a car accident tomorrow than it is likely that I have a chance encounter with a polar bear or quite literally freeze to death. But it's that outside sliver of a possibility that I was not going to chance, and that is why this podcast is coming to you post-facto. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to report we made it. Now, you can see this ride on all sorts of social media, the hashtag James Bay Descent, all one word, on Instagram has some really great stuff taken by our intrepid quartet. Given that battery life is next to nothing when temperatures drop so low, it's a miracle that we were able to record the ride in the first place, but please check out my ride on Strava between February 5th and February 12th of this year, as it shows the wild white yonder upon which we are traversing. And speaking of which, I want to thank Strava for supporting this episode. In particular, the first season of Strava's new podcast, Athletes Unfiltered, is now available. The purpose of their new podcast is to tackle some of the big daunting questions to which every athlete has to find answers. Why am I doing this, for example? How do I keep going? An early episode talks to an elite runner who loses his sight and discovers an amazing new community. There's a mountain biker who watches the trails he spent countless hours on burst into flames only to create an app to rally his community to help rebuild them. Quite frankly, that's what the James Bay Descent is meant to do also. Sure, as I mentioned, four current or former professional athletes, Buck especially, the dude is a legend. His name is Buck for Pete's sake, but as he points out all the time, he's the father of two young kids and he has embraced dad bod. So seriously though, our approach to this trip is to lead away and show that these sorts of adventures might seem unfathomable at first glance, but when dissected into pieces, when looked at part by part, we present a very achievable goal. Athletes Unfiltered by Strava offers athletes inspiring stories to get motivated for your next ride. Definitely check that stuff out. And lastly, the other motivating factor of this ride was to raise funds for the Timmins Native Friendship Center. Again, you'll hear Buck in just a few minutes explain the purpose of drawing attention to this very worthy cause. Words are just words. Buck described this part of the world and it wasn't until I was there that I could experience it. Similarly, words are just words and that they paint a picture, but now having seen it myself, experienced the Timmins Native Friendship Center to see the work they do, I can testify the incredible work this organization does in this very marginalized part of the world. I have the link to a our very successful crowdfunding GoFundMe page in the show notes of this show. It is not too late as dollars continue to tick in. So please check that out. If you find Buck's description taps at your heartstrings, ladies and gentlemen, this is a short one, but we do pack it in. Thank you very much for listening and please enjoy the show. So here we are in Keene, New York, getting ready for the the James Bay descent, which we're going to get into in just one second. We got the trio of Canadians who are joining me. Uh, I should say that the other way. I am definitely joining them on this adventure. Um, so what I want to do to start 
Now, presumably, you've listened to this podcast, know who I am. However, there's a decent chance that you also are new to this podcast and do not know who I am. So, for an introduction, we're going to go around the room and in- introduce ourselves with a three to thirty sentence introduction. I'm going to kick it off, and then you can you can take it from there. So, for example, I am Ted King. I raced a bike for a living. I have retired from bike racing in 2015, and then from New Hampshire, moved to California, moved to Europe, ended up in Vermont, and now I'm ready to go on this adventure. So, gentlemen, please introduce yourself. Hey, uh, I'm Ryan Atkins, and I'm one of the trio of Canadians. Um, I'm from Ottawa, Ontario, and I live in Caledon, but I've got a sweet house down here in Keene, New York, which is uh, where we're hanging out right now. And I uh, used to race bikes, but now I race mostly on foot, obstacle racing, ultra, marathon, trail racing, that kind of stuff. My name is Buck Miller. I used to race bikes for a living for a short period of time. That's how I met Ted uh, on some small Canadian teams and on a U.S. team and uh, amateur team. I live in Huntsville, Ontario, 36 years old, like long walks on the beach. Of which there's many up in Huntsville. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Batty. I'm the third Canadian in this trio of Canadians, and uh, I also used to race bikes on uh, on the dirt. So I was used to be a mountain biker, uh, avid adventurer, lots of trail running, backpacking, rock climbing, ice climbing, that kind of thing. Uh, I currently work as an arborist. Have been for about ten years. And uh, I'm also a passionate photographer, uh, videographer, and uh, I'm going to be photographing and filming uh, this frigid expedition that we're going to be on. So, thank you. Brilliant. So, the descent from James Bay is something of a misnomer because we're actually going to be going at a at a forever upwards trajectory at about 0.0001 gradient, if I'm not mistaken. But let's let's walk through the logistics of this trip. Why James Bay? What is the distance? What is the anticipated temperature? Eric just said a frigid adventure. Uh, I think frigid is uh, saying it lightly. So with a mic in Buck's hand, since he's perhaps concocted a good portion of this. I picked this terrible route. Yeah. Tell us about the route. Tell us about the descent from James Bay. So I lived up there for quite a while, and it's something I always wanted to do while I lived there. And I ended up moving away, having not done it, and then I, you know, got hooked up with some adventurous friends, and and thought this would be an excellent, excellent uh, thing to do. It'd be super hard. It's really cold. It's so it's it's in Ontario, northern Ontario's polar bear country. It's on the border of Nunavut, the territory of Nunavut, which is you know essentially Arctic Canada. Um, it's six hundred k, three hundred miles, three thirty, three sixty. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's uh, we're gonna go down the. Uh, 280k length of James Bay to the small town of Moosney. The temperatures are going to be like between, I'm bad at the conversion, but uh, like I think a daytime, a warm daytime temperature would be minus 18 uh, uh, degrees Celsius. Celsius. So I think, oh, times two plus 30. So that is about right. That is the rough estimate. Um, So, okay, real quick, let's pretend you're listening to this right now and you therefore have your phone in your hand. If you wanted to, like, let's take a look at a map. You're looking up Moosonee. Is that right? Yep. M-O-O-S-E-N. M-O-O-S-O-N-E-E. 
that's that's the halfway that's the halfway point. So we're going to start in Attawapiskat First Nation. It's a town plagued with suicide crises and and uh, poverty, third world conditions in many cases. Not uh, a fault of of their own. It's kind of a terrible position the Canadian government has put them in over the years. We'll be starting in that community. We'll be crossing, going down the Attawapiskat River, crossing a short section of uh, of, of James Bay, and we're going to land on Agamiski Island. Agamiski Island is in the territory of Nunavut. We'll go down the length of that some ways, and then uh, and then we'll head back to the mainland, uh, travel on the ice and sleep in the bush, um, hit Moosney at the halfway point, then we'll be going south of Moosney, we'll go to Moose Factory, and then after Moose, Moose Factory, these are all Hudson's Bay Company uh, posts, that's why they have kind of funny names. Um, after Moose Factory, there's really no towns until the end at Smooth Rock Falls, which is where I was born. And so we're going into the bush. The bush. Some some good Canadian vernacular, uh, which we'll also get into in, in one second. Uh, and okay, so you talked about the the local town folk up there have perhaps fallen on some hard times, um, and like you said, perhaps on uh, as a result of the government handling of things. We're doing this slightly selfishly because it sounds like a super fun adventure, and and this is exactly up our alleys. However, we have a benevolent cause at the end of the day uh can you tell us a bit about what we might be what we have already raised quite a bit of money for yeah we, we so far is 1300 dollars for the timmins native friendship center so the timmins native friendship center is a nonprofit that helps uh indigenous people it's indigenous run and they help indigenous people of the area um timmins is the closest city that this place could be run out of uh, it's a city of fifty thousand people about 400 kilometers south of moosonee um so they have a satellite office in Moosonee, and they, uh, you know, they kind of do everything. They, they're they're a soup kitchen sometimes. They're they, they run like parenting courses for you know uh, young, you know, at risk people that have kids too young, and they do all kinds of great things for for the local population. So we we've chose to try and raise five thousand dollars for those guys. Outstanding, which we will have the link at the bio of this particular podcast. Um, okay, now now. Buck, I knew from bike raising over the past few decades. Um, you reached out about a year ago to say, hey, uh, my f- couple friends and I are going to do a pretty wild adventure uh, right about this time one year ago. And hey, could we could we get some maple syrup to because maple syrup doesn't freeze and that's a wonderful food. Um, tell us about a little trip that you took one year ago. So the three of us, Eric Ryan and I, uh, we crossed Algonquin Park. It's Ontario. It's Canada's oldest provincial park, um, and we just did it on foot uh, with, you know, toboggans behind us. It took ten days, hundred and seventy sixty-five k, and it was totally badass. We loved it. It was super fun, and that kind of this trip came out of that trip essentially. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, explore that just a tiny bit more. You're pulling toboggans. Yeah. How long? What do they weigh? What's your average they're distance? Ten, they're 10 feet long. Our average distance was kind of funny. Like our shortest day was 8K, which is our first day. Our longest day was 42K, um, which is a marathon. Um, and then in between, it was anywhere between 12 and 17 kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a good day. 17. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. 12 <laughs> days in the bush. Uh, actually, we did it in 10 days. Okay. Yeah. Well, I well, We packed enough food for, for 14 days because had I done the trip alone, uh-huh. I would have been 14 days. But these guys like to go faster than me at everything. And so it was at the end of that, you and I were chatting and you said that you had you know, maybe hatched this fat, fat bike adventure. 
which immediately caught my interest. How long have you been scheming this particular ride? This ride for me actually like first came in, like the idea of it came in five years ago, like when I was living in the North and I used to commute on my bicycle year round up there. We, we owned one car and everything in town is no more than a kilometer away because it's a remote, there's no roads there. Um, so I'd ride my bike around town. I'm like, man, these winter roads are amazing. You can ride anywhere you want. Um, and I was on like, a, you know, a 1994 Kona with, you know, like thumb shifters and super old school, right? Rigid. And I loved it. I had studded tires and I thought this would be a great place to have a fat bike trip. This is the ticket. Yeah. And so we are creating a first descent as it were. Definitely. First Absolutely. descent. Yeah. Well, so here we are in Keene, New York. We're in the Adirondacks, what, 15-ish miles east of Lake Placid. Um, plenty of possibility to adventure out here. Ryan, you call this place home sweet home for a portion of the year? Yeah. Yeah, I've got kind of like a training cottage down here, mm-hmm. so it's awesome. <laughs> and we're going to zip through this and expedite the podcast for the sake of getting out and practicing, riding, packing, camping, the whole nine yards. We got we got a whole lot of awesome support from Cannondale with the bikes. We got a quartet of Cannondale Fat Cads. Uh, Blackburn has outfitted us in some amazing, what, saddlebags, frame bags, panniers, handlebar bags. 45 North has definitely hooked us up in the warm, warm digits, warm toes department. Awesome set of boots, cobra fists, gloves, so on and so forth. Um, and pogies. Now, pogies are not a term that I would have ever used being a, a person from the United States of America. Similarly, the bush refers to a large plant outside of your house. So we're going to do a quick Canadian vernacularisms. Define bush. <laughs> bush is just like the opposite of town. It's like you're either in town or you're in the bush. It's all encompassing. If it's not paved, I think it's the bush. All right. We're just going to pass the mic. Um, how about pogies? Uh, pogies? Define pogies. Pogies would be something that is contrapted on your handlebar to keep your hands warm. It's a big, warm, insulated mitt that stays on your bike. Okay, how about to be on pogie? To be on pogie? Yes, I looked up Canadian Canadianisms. To be on pogie. Uh, I'm in southern Canada, so this this, this might not Pass might, might not suit me. Yeah, so that's, that's on the dole, unemployment. Okay. Yeah. When Which you, is relevant. When, when you're drawing pogey, mm-hmm. that means uh, you got laid off, uh, you, you know, uh, the lobster season ended or, you know, the job set ended and you, this, the weather came in before you could finish the job. That means you're you're drawing pogey. Got it. Uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Took? Tok? Took. Took. <laughs> it's uh, a closed... Uh, Closed-ended hat that you wear on your head in the winter to keep you warm. I Does think. it require to be made out of an animal's hide? Uh, no, I don't think so. It helps. It helps a heck of a lot. I think Americans call it a beanie. Okay. Ooh, oh, that's, that's like a dirty word. A <laughs> uh, related beaver tail? In, a, in the food department? Beaver tail, that's what you're chasing in high school, right? <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah, so... So beaver tails, are, oh, you're the Ottawa guy. They're amazing. They're yeah. great. Yeah, beaver tails, like, I think they were invented on the canal, which is, I think, the world's longest man-made uh, ice skating surface. Oh, wow. It's like, it's like six or seven miles long. It's pretty cool. But you go to the canal, and you get these beaver tails, which are, like, basically flattened donuts that they fry, and then they put, like, you know, sugar or chocolate on and whatever you want. They can top them all sorts of different ways. They're delicious. It's like a next level donut. Hot damn. Yeah. Uh, clicks. 
Clicks is short form for kilometers. That's what most of the world uses is the metric system. <laughs> uh, unlike some of our some of our neighbors that are still on Imperial, kilometers is roughly two hundred and eighty. Yeah, one one point six miles, or one one mile is one point six kilometers roughly. All right, hoser, hoser. What's up, hoser? So hoser is like a derogatory term huh. uh, in Canada, and it's actually because when you play hockey, if um if your team loses. They have to hose down the ice to like make it, you know, for is the next really day. Why? So the team that loses has to hose them, and so like hoser is like a loser. It's like a yeah, you you hoser. Uh, strange brew, wonderful flick. Yeah. Um. Okay, we got a couple more. Two four. Yeah. So a case of beer. There's 24 cases. Uh, 24 bottles of beer in a case. Pronounced so two four. Or do you say twofer? Uh, we call them two fours usually. Yeah. Um, how about a Mickey? Yeah, so that's 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 just liquor in a in a in a bottle of what's I don't know what the ounce how many ounces are in it. I'll tell you what the internet tells me. Yeah, what's it tell you? <laughs> exactly, thirteen ounces, three hundred seventy-five milliliters bottle of liquor. Yeah, that's quite common. Like to buy, go buy a Mickey because you can knock it back pretty quick. It's great. These are all related to booze. How about Molson Muscle? Yeah, Molson Muscle. That's <laughs> that's your that's your beer belly. That's that's when you got the big bucket in the front of you. I wish time. we could wrap it up right there, but because that was, you know, that's going to be hard to beat. And two kind of much more boring ones. Chesterfield? Well, Chesterfield is just a couch. That's yeah. what we're sitting on. You guys are sitting a on cooch. a Chesterfield. A, a cooch, eh? Cooch. <laughs> and last but not least, here's just like the pronunciation, a Muskoka chair. Uh, a Muskoka chair would be what a lot of people refer to as a Adirondack chair, except Musco Mus Muskoka chair has probably been around a little bit longer. So I think Adirondack chair actually came after that. It's the same thing. Fair. Well, Wicked, uh, gentlemen, I appreciate taking the time right here right now. Um, I appreciate playing host and let's go. Let's go have a little adventure. Let's go freeze our biscuits off. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Hey folks, I really hope you enjoyed that. And a reminder that that is just part one. Now, we are unveiling this James Bay Descent in a very Quentin Tarantino type of way. That is, we're gonna give you the ending, spoiler alert, we survive. And then slowly unveil details of how this all went down. So first here in this episode of our practice round in the Adirondacks, and then the next episode, a follow-up on how the James Bay Descent went down after the full 638-kilometer, 10-day self-supported expedition to northern Canada. I hope you find this story interesting, inspiring, or at least a little bit zany. I want to thank Strava for presenting this episode. Now, if you enjoyed it, if you enjoyed this episode talking about one big wild crazy adventure to the great white north, I know that you're going to enjoy Strava's new podcast, Athletes Unfiltered, featuring normal athletes. They're good, inspiring people daring enough to share their journey day after day, whether that's breaking a marathon PR or cutting a run short to desperately search for the nearest toilet. These are real stories. They are not afraid to be vulnerable, probably a lot like you, and that is what makes Strava different. Stay tuned for James Bay Descent, King of the Ride podcast, episode number two, coming up here shortly. Thanks again for listening, folks. I hope you enjoy the ride. Hey, 